Genesis chapter 26. If you have your Bibles, like I know most of you do. And turn to Genesis 16, 18 through 25. 26, 18 through 25. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. That's saying this is my dad's wells. These are the wells he dug. He was identifying with those days of his father's leadership. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley. And there were a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gear did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esk, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that, for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And when he went up from thence to Beersheba, the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and will multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there and called the name of the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Lord, we're grateful tonight for what you have poised this church for. God, our faith is in what you're doing and the direction you're taking us and the great things you have in store. But God, today and for the past few weeks, you've been preparing us for this great direction. We're excited, and we're going to step up to the plate, and we're going to do our best to follow what you have, God, for it is a critical time. And God, we just pray, I pray, help me deliver your word tonight. I need your anointing. And God, help us receive it in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, not just another message, but a word from heaven that we can apply to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. Tonight, I want to preach on this thought, digging wells. Just simply digging wells. Now, most of you, or a lot of our younger generation, rather, don't know anything about digging wells. You just go to the water faucet and turn it on. You're on community water or city water. But uh, where I grew up, in the time frame I grew up and many of our elders grew up, then there was not a community water. There was no such thing in our area. And so when you built a home or you bought property to uh, begin your life there, there was one thing that was essential. One of the first things that was done was you digged a well. Now, you didn't dig that kind of well with a shovel, per se. But there was a, a man in our area named Ike Weathersby. I'll never forget him, black man. And that's what he did for a living was he digged, he was a well digger. And he would come up with his trucks and his gear and all the drill, the big drill and back up and start uh, digging the well. And if you didn't strike, you just dug deeper because you had to go deep enough until you hit a vein of water. There's water down there. You just got to find it. 
Amen. And sometimes you may be off of it a little bit, but in most times you're going to, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find it. And the reason that, and this goes all the way back to biblical days about the importance of a well, because water is an essential. It's something that is required by, for us. I mean, if we don't have water, we're not going to survive. Uh, folks in Arizona, it's a difficult thing out there. You know, that's the back in the desert days uh, before they really uh, brought water to that area. But they still, it's, it's a major deal there. We have to have water. We can't have cattle if we don't have water. Amen. And much is spoken of in the Bible about wells. It was at Jacob's well. It was at a well that the servant came and found Rachel to be the wife of Leah. I'm sorry, Rebecca to be the wife of Isaac. I get it all right to me. It's not in my notes. I'm just trying to bring out some points. So wells are throughout the Scripture. So it's not surprisingly that when we read about Abraham, that Abraham, too, had to dig wells. He didn't dig just one well, but they were on the move a lot, and they were in different locations. But everywhere they went, they had to dig wells. Well, after the death of Abraham, the father, Isaac needed wells. But the problem was the Philistines had came and stopped up the wells. And you know who the Philistines are. They're the enemies of God throughout Scripture. And so they came and they clogged up the wells. Why would they be so mean to do that? What would they gain, Brother uh, Erickson, by stopping up somebody's well? Because they knew that, that without the well, there would be no access to the water that Isaac would desperately need. And so it was nothing but a, uh, a plan to hinder Isaac and to call hardship on Isaac. And so they knew that Isaac would need wells, so they clogged those wells up. And Isaac had to make a choice. Y'all bear with me. We're going somewhere. We even got shovels out here tonight. I was supposed to have had about 10. But I, I made the mistake. Communication is important. So it's Carolyn said, how many shovels do you need? Well, I was replying to her, you can just bring two shovels because we got plenty coming. Well, I think everybody else saw this. Oh, well, he only needs two shovels. <laughs> well, hallelujah, we got four shovels anyway. So here's Isaac. He, his father's not there anymore. He can't live off of his father's wells. In fact, the enemy has come in and clogged up the things that his father dug out, the things that were vital to the family that they leaned upon their leadership of their father who knew when and where to build a well. And so Isaac had a choice, Brother Glenn Betts. He could say, you know what? We'll just move on to another territory and try to find some more wells. But thank God there was something in Isaac that said, no, this is my heritage. This is what my daddy dug out. And he called them by the very name that his father called them by because they're more than just the well, but they're a heritage. And there's a little bit more to it, my friend. But a promise was given to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. But can I tell you, there was more dependent upon than just Abraham. Abraham carried a lot on his shoulders. And Abraham had to be faithful and obey God. But his son had to carry on that same uh, faithfulness. That son had to dig his own well. Let me slow down a little bit. In other words, Isaac, a lot fell on his shoulders. Because if the promises of God were going to come to fruition, if God's plan was going to fully come to pass, then Abraham is dead. There's no work in the grave. 
He's done his duty. He was faithful to his generation, but his time has expired, but the promise is still there. Can I tell you, it fell on the shoulders of Isaac, that Isaac, if I'm going to bring this to pass, you're going to have to go open those wells back up. You're going to have to be a man of God the way your daddy was. I've got to lay it on the shoulders of faithfulness and a covenant with your father. And so the Bible says, that that Isaac redug those wells. And I find it very beautiful and very unique in the scripture that when Isaac dug those wells, the scripture in Genesis chapter, I believe is 24. I'll find it here quickly. 24 says the Lord appeared unto him the same night. I don't know why God didn't show up before the wells were dug but he didn't. I think sometimes we're expecting God to show up while the wells are still clogged. Hello, somebody. I, I believe we've entered into a season and an era of time of the church that we feel like God can show up and tickle our fancy and we can go through the motions a little bit and the, and the wells are clogged up, that ever-flowing freedom of the Spirit of God. But God did not show up, Brother Lee, until he dug those wells out, until he unclogged them, and those wells are nothing but mere avenues for the water to be accessed and that life supply to be given to a family. Can I tell you tonight when we go dig those wells and that flow is open back up and there's access once again to the Spirit of God and the liberty of the Holy Ghost then God's going to show up and God's going to say alright now I can flow freely and now I will make that covenant and then he said, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servants Abraham's sake. I see you're going to be a well digger too, son. Hello, somebody. I, I'm preaching to people here tonight, Brother McGill, that it was your father that learned how to dig wells uh, when he learned how to pray and touch heaven. Brother Glenn Betts, I thought about Sister Christine Betts, uh, a lady that knew how to dig wells in her era of time. I, can I tell you, I heard about Brother Jack Raper. I met him when I first came to Tupelo. Uh, and oh, what a well digger that man was. Hello? We'll talk about him a little bit later. But how many of you got uh, parents or grandparents, uh, Brother Dylan, that knew how to dig wells? It wasn't easy. It wasn't accepted. Uh, it, we were across the tracks, if you will. Uh, we were rejected. We were looked down upon. Uh, it wasn't easy. The finances wasn't there. But I tell you, when you dug a well, there was something flowing on a Sunday night. I went to a meeting one night, and my heart wasn't right. But something got a hold of me. Come on, that's what we need tonight. Oh, come on. Yes, we are blessed with finances. We're blessed with good buildings. But we need to dig some wells uh, that when people walk in this church, there's a fire of the Holy Ghost. There's a power of conviction as something can get a hold of them. I don't know where I'm at in my notes, so it don't matter. But we need to dig some wells. Hello? The enemy don't like it. He filled them up with earth, the dirt. And Isaac, I don't know about you. Anybody ever dug ditches? I mean, it ain't the easiest thing in the world. Huh? I've dug a few in my lifetime. I, I remember my daddy put me and Dwayne out in the yard one time because we'd been fighting. He gave me the shovel, and he gave Dwayne the pick. He said, now, y'all get out there and dig until you get all that extra energy to fight with out of you. Hello? That didn't turn out so good, but I won't go there. Just ask Dwayne about that scar above his left eye. Oh, well, let's move on with preaching. It's not easy to dig. Ask Brother Sammy. He does a lot of digging. 
And I, I'm saying that for this purpose. Isaac got out the shovel. And Isaac didn't just say, I'll get by without the well. Isaac didn't say, you know what, we've learned how to get by without that well. And we can do things a different way. We can program things and we can push things this direction and we can make it all look great, but we can make it without the well. But thank God that's not what he done. Can I tell you today, and I'm not being derogatory, but too many churches are looking at it just like that, that we can live without the well. We can put on a program. We can go through a church service we can make it look great we can make it sound great and so we don't have to have the well because to, to have the well you got to get to work to have the well you got to do some digging to have the well you got to get on our knees to have the well we've got to push about the plate and the fast a little bit and pray a whole lot because it's work it's blood sweat and tears it's hard in digging the wells but thank God Isaac died and he opened those wells up can I tell us tonight God's preparing this church for something if you were here Wednesday night you got a taste of it what God is doing in the church and he wouldn't be doing it if he didn't have faith in us hello this is not an indictment of a penalty or punishment but this is a this is a promise and an encouragement that God said I called this church for greatness our theme this year is greater it's no wonder that that's what our theme is because that's exactly brother Shannon where God is wanting to take us but we just don't get on the freeway and get there overnight but he's bringing us a little at a time and he's changing some things in our life he's awakening some things in our spirit he's renewing and restoring some things of old and he's going to bring us back by the Bible to that place that he would take us to greater. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord again. Anybody want to come hold this mic for me? This next part is Wesley's fault. But we need a revival and respect to the house of God. We need a revival. You did it. We need to, we need to pay attention how we dress. Hello? This is not a slouch party. This is not a beach party. Come on, somebody. It ain't a backyard barbecue. Hello, I know we'll be casual during vacation Bible school, but you just done something to me, young man, because I say you stopped it in front of everybody you reached for that coat because in his mind, wait a minute, I'm fixing to be in front of that everybody, and, I'm, and the pastor's going to be using me, so I want to look the way I'm supposed to look. Hello, we need a fresh revelation for a way that we honor God, that we respect God, and we revere the house of God. responsible for all these other little ties for those who time me you're doing a good job Wesley we need to get the shovels back out and we need to dig some wells for the Bible tells us in the beginning of the about the church that he would what Holy Ghost and fire we got the Holy Ghost but we need to go to that well called fire. Come on. I said we need to go to that well called fire and say, wait a minute. He didn't just say Holy Ghost, but he said Holy Ghost and fire. And we need to let the fire fall on us first. And we need to let the fire fall on our church, on our worship, on our prayer meetings. We need to let the fire fall. 
Stay there. Just let me hand it to you when I need it. When I need to. Somebody said we need the fire. We can't just say, okay, we need the fire. Oh, come on down, fire. We're going to have the fire tonight. We sung about it. No, no, no. Fire comes when you kindle the fire. When you prepare the fire. When you put another log on the fire. When you put a little fat lighter up in it. And you put something there. And then you got to have a spark to light the fire. Some of you old timers here tonight, you know what I'm preaching about. Holy Ghost and fire. Well, praise God. Y'all know what the fire's about? Huh? Good. We don't know about it. Clap your hands to the Lord. Just hang in here with me, Wesley. Brother, you, you hold the shovel for a minute. Brother Jack Raper, I heard it the other night. Brother Pierce told it that his granddaddy lost a little girl that got too close to the fire, got burned and died. And it stirred his world so much. He spent weeks, months, hours a day in the woods praying. He did it so much to the word got in the community. Old Jack has done lost his mind. But old Jack hadn't lost his mind. But Jack had lost a daughter. And he needed a God that could help him through the hardest time of his life. So he went down to a meeting where Brother G.H. Hill was preaching. And he went that night and he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Got baptized in Jesus' name. And he had a fit when he got the Holy Ghost. And on the way home, there was a lady on the bus, the van, that said, Who was that had that fit tonight? He said, It was me. And I'm about to have another fit. Hello, somebody. He walked in the door of his home, and he was glowing, and he was excited. His mama said, you done went down there and got that Holy Ghost. He said, I sure did, and I'm about to have another fit. How long has it been since you had a fit? Come on, somebody. How long has it been since God was good enough to throw out your pride and get out of your pew and worship him like you used to? I prayed, God, don't let me say anything crude, rude, or offensive, or negative. So I covered it. Now I'm trying to do it. I understand. But, Treach, you can't do it like you used to do it. Sister Pat, I understand you can't run the aisles like you used to could. I understand when we get a little older and it's more difficult. So I'm not bashing nobody tonight. But we can do a little bit. It don't take a whole lot to wiggle. Come on, somebody. It don't take a whole lot to patch your feet and dance in place. They were some of them told to jump high as they could this morning, and they couldn't jump that high. I jumped every one of them. I did. I jumped that high. Y'all don't believe me? Y'all want to see it? One leg at a time. I'm telling you, we can't let the devil take away our worship. We can't let the devil rob us of the joy of the Holy Ghost. There's something about getting toots in the spirit. There's something about praising God and get out of this old flesh and quit worrying about what people think. Quit worrying about what we look like. You know, God hates pride. Pride is a worship stealer. Hello? Come on, somebody. God got me with pride one time. He got me real good. Right before I came to be your pastor. I got a whole lot to cover. I won't be preaching Wednesday night, so I'm going to borrow some time. I was preaching revival. Didn't think I had pride that much. I mean, we're all prideful. We had to bring it under control. I was preaching revival in Ackerman, Mississippi. Had a little issue of health going on. Hadn't told nobody about. And the Lord said, get down and roll. Well, I'm the visitor evangelist. The visiting evangelist don't get down and roll. 
I mean, you know, you got to have a little etiquette about you and a little respect and you got to act halfway right. Rival just had kicked off. They didn't know me and I didn't know them. And the Lord said, get down and roll. And I still didn't. I don't know what it is about three times. I think it's maybe you strike out after the third time. And the Lord said, I said, get down and roll. And I got down. And a fat man can roll. And I got down over here and I started. I don't know what happened. But when I started rolling, something took over. It wasn't quite this wide. But I felt like, you ever seen them old tops? You take a string and you pull that string and it just, I, that's what the Holy Ghost had done to me. And the next thing I know, I hit that wall on that side. And the next thing I know, I done hit this wall on that side. And then I hit that wall back over on that side. And the Holy Ghost broke out in that church. And we had revival for 13 out of 14 days. But it done something to this preacher. Hallelujah. Because I said, you know what? It don't matter what I look like. It don't matter how I act. If God says do it, if the Holy Ghost moves on us, we need to. You never know what God's wanting to use to break open the service. You never know what God's wanting to do to break something inside of us. And you know what? We need apostolic life. We need to get back. I'm preaching what God's laid on my heart. I wasn't going to preach. I didn't told Brother Miller, you preach tonight. It was a full day yesterday and I ain't complaining. It was midnight last night getting home. I said, you preach. I'm too tired. Brother McGill, God, God wouldn't, let it, wouldn't let me loose. He just kept burning me up with this message. I finally texted Brother Miller and I said, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I got to preach. I got to preach tonight. Oh, I'll pay for it when it's over with, but it'll be worth it. But it's something that God's laying on my heart that we've got to, if we're going to get there, folks. But we've got to get the shovels out. And we've got to go back. And we're not going to have it no other way. I know it's going to take some work. And I know it's going to take a lot of prayer and a lot of focus and a lot of faith. It's going to take a whole lot of heart. But we're going to do it because there's some people that's tired of ordinary church. They're tired of just a mundane walk with God. They've heard about it. They once experienced it. But we're going to have to get that shovel out. And we've got to break ground. And we've got to dig and say God I don't want to go through the motions God I want to touch the throne room of glory God I'll I'll dance in my bedroom if I got to dance I'll dance when I come to church if I got to dance I'll run the aisles with Brother Sammy if that's what I got to do but God I don't want to go through the motions I want that Holy Ghost in fire that all right We need to dig a well that goes back to Joel's bar. Hello? Y'all know where Joel's bar is? Joel chapter 2. And the last day saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Woo! That's that same bar came down in that upper room and sat down with 120 and they got so drunk on the Holy Ghost everybody thought they were drunk on liquor. They wasn't drunk on liquor. They were drunk on the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Can I tell I don't know how far I'm going to get with this tonight. I've learned if I don't get to it, I'll pick it up later. Come on. How long has it been since we've been under the influence? You know, under the influence. I ain't talking about whiskey. I'm talking about under the influence of the Holy Ghost. We, we get under the influence of the flesh too much. Come on. And we get too much of self there. And God can't break through that. And God is saying, I need you to get that shovel out because there's a well that I need dug. 
called getting under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Something's clogging that well up that can't let my spirit flow freely. And once we begin to dig and say, God, I got to feel you. I got to touch you. I got to get debris out of the way. I got to get flesh out of the way. I got to get carnality out of the way. I got to get pride out of the way. I got to dig this well where I have access to the presence of God. Let me tell you, every great move of God didn't fall out of the sky, but it come from the earth of digging deep wells of the Spirit. And somebody got access. They kept digging until they struck water. When we're going to dig, Brother Lee, until we strike the vein of the Spirit. Anybody tired? Somebody clap your hands to the Lord again. We're not too far removed from the landmarks our elders set. But the adversary wants to clog those wells that they're stopped up. And we either got to make a choice of just having church without them are making up our mind we ain't going to try to have church without them. And the focus came on the whales. And when the whales got dug, God showed up and God reconfirmed his promise. And I feel like God was saying, okay, Isaac, you're going to be a well digger. Now, you re-dug those whales. You're going to dig some of your own whales because your children is going to need a well digger in their life. There needs to be some whales that daddy dug, that nobody else dug it but daddy. And guess what, Jacob? You're going to need some whales that Isaac didn't dig. You're going to need Isaac's and Abraham's wells but you're going to need some Jacob wells. Come on somebody I'm preaching to people tonight that God says your daddy or your mama or your grandparents were well diggers and thank God keep those wells open don't give up those wells don't let them clog up but get you a shovel and get your own experience with God. Get your own revelations from God and get your own deeper walk with God and your children will say there at a time when daddy was going through it. There at a time when things fell apart. There at a time when things weren't right. My daddy dug a well. Come on. How many of you can stand tonight and you can pour a place in history in your family where your parents or your mom or your dad dug a well? Go ahead and stand. dug a well and you're benefiting and you still remember what it was like you remember what it felt like you remember when groceries got brought to your house when bills got paid when people ran to an altar when conviction was there when people were getting the Holy Ghost when entire families came into the church you remember it but it was because somebody dug a well brother cook come here a minute Y'all can be seated. Grab a shovel. I ain't, I ain't here to embarrass you. But there was about how long ago was it? Happened right there. Two plus. It's all right. But Cook was, if I knock something down, y'all pick it up. But Cook was sitting on his rear end. That, I, that's not nice. He was setting down on God. He was setting down on worship. He was setting down on the gifts of God. And he was just getting by on the pew, and he really wasn't getting by. But something got a hold of him. That's it. I don't know what happened, but God got a hold of him. And he woke up and said, I'm a daddy, and I'm raising some boys. And they got to see a daddy that knew how to dig some wells, that knew how to touch God, that knew how to get close to God. And this man began to dig wells. And now there's three boys that sees their daddy working for the kingdom because there came a day 
And there's others here tonight. But I want to encourage you. You know, I got a whole lot to preach, but I'm not going to preach no more. Because I'll save that for another night. Okay? We got some more wells. Everybody said we got more wells today. There's people here tonight. You need to start digging some wells. I'm saying that encouragingly, not indicting or pointing a finger at you, but there's some of you going through some dry seasons. There's some of you that are going through some trials, and you don't know how to fix it, and you don't know how to get through it, and you're not doing so well with it. But can I tell you, because you're trying to figure it out on your own, maybe there's a time in your life that you're cold. You're not praying like you ought to pray, or you're struggling with your relationship with God. There's things that you're looking at that you ought not be looking at. There's things that you're pondering on you should not be pondering on. There's things you're hiding from your spouse that you shouldn't be hiding. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. There are things you've gone and picked back up that you shouldn't pick back up. But can I tell you, you know how you're going to make it? It's when you say, you know what? I'm tired of being where I'm at. And I know if my children are ever going to have a father or a mother that makes it, that I'm going to have to learn how to dig some wells. I'm going to have to learn how to touch God. And when you do, you're going to open up a fountain of ever flowing to the water of life that's going to impact your world. It's going to impact your family. They're going to look back at the day, Brother Roy, that you picked up that shovel once again and you dug that well again. It's all right. Brother Roy, been out of church. He was out of church when I got here. I heard all about this great man. And he is a great man, but he wasn't in church. Not a bad man, just wasn't in church. Church had gone through some things and had a big influence on it. And I remember when Sister Sheila, who wants to give up their music director? She came to me. My natural point was, Sister Deborah, no, 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 you ain't in the will of God. You don't you dare do this. But I didn't. And it made me wonder, why did I did not do that? Because God's will is the most important. And I said, Sister Sheila, I feel this is right. I feel like it's a God thing. And I think I even told you, I feel like you'll be back. We did a party. We sent them off. You don't know this story yet, but you're going to hear it. They got into Tocoa, what was name of it? Tocoa, Georgia, on the border of North Carolina. And they went to church one day. And they got up there, and there was this guy preaching. And the name of his message was, It Ain't Odd, It's God. And they got two and two together and found out the guy preaching was Brother Roy's old roommate right here in Tupelo. And they hooked back up and things got to going. In and Brother Roy prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. And because of that, he reached back out and said, you know what? I can't waste my life any longer. I can't take any more chances. I got to find me a shovel and I got to redig a well because I've got grandchildren that need to know that there was a granddaddy that knew how to dig a well. I got four shovels. I wanted more, but that's my fault. Brother Wesley or whoever, there you go, buddy. I got a whole lot. There's wells of sanctification. There's wells of consecration. There's wells of giving. We're going to cover all that. We have to do it again next week. Come on. We'll we'll hit it next Sunday night. That's all right. Because, see, you don't dig wells overnight. I I think I'm preaching to people that want to get the shovel. You can't wait to get your hands on that shovel. Because I'm telling you, when you keep digging and you know you got to touch water, you got to unclog, unclog those wells because there's something down there. As a heart penneth after the water brook, so penneth my soul after thee, O God. God, I I don't want to live the rest of my life like this, but God, I got to dig some wells. And we're going to go back and reopen up some wells that got clogged up as an individual and as a church. Everybody stand if you don't mind.
Oh, God. We got to be well diggers. Our families. Sister Lorian, where you at? Why don't you grab a shovel? I, I don't like calling folks out because I feel like some others I could call out. But you just ain't got enough time for all that. She's going to be teaching down in juvenile detention next week. We got vacation Bible school kicked back off first time since COVID. And when it got time for me to appoint someone, I get to pick one, they pick one. And she's the first one come to my mind. Because those young people are struggling. They've made some bad choices in life. They've messed up and they're on a bad road. It's only going to get worse if things don't change. Huh? And our theme this year, the Lord laid on my heart, was be a champion. Because they're going to be told they're losers. They're going to feel like they're losers. They need to know that there's something they can do to be a champion. Hello? But the reason I felt like the Lord laid her on my heart to teach on that particular day because she was one of them one day. She was there living that type of life and going through those same battles. But something switched. And someone, I know there were some blessings and there were some good directions given. I know some things lined up to your favor, but it didn't make you dig a well. But one day there was something clicked and she realized I can play games and I can come out and I, I can, I, you know, I can fool them or I can dig some wells. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Every one of us come to a point we can keep doing what we're doing, fool folks. Or we can dig some wells. Come on. We can get by and we can look like we can look the part and we, we can cover it up and we can get by and, you know, or we can dig some wells. Come on. But thank God she dug a well. And that's why she, and today, that young lady that was in that road of trouble, on that road of trouble and destruction, is now going to walk into a juvenile detention center and talk to young people whose lives are on a, on a one-way track to destruction. But they're not going to hear from just anybody. But they're going to hear from somebody that learned how to dig a well. You know, it, it ain't easy, brother man. It, it's not the easiest thing to do. But you just stay at it. And you just keep fighting that flesh. You keep sweating. And you keep working. Because there's something down there that you got to get a hold of. If you dig deep enough, you're going to tap into something that will forever change your life. Hold on. Then I'm going to invite others down here. There's something about wells. When Abraham built, dug his first well, he dug multi-wells. He, he probably thought about it, but the scripture doesn't bring it out till this time. But he wasn't just digging those wells just for him and those who lived at home. Because once you open up that well and it stays open, that anybody can come drink from the well. Come on. It was at Jacob's well, Isaac's son, that old woman who had been married five times and now shacked up, came to the well and met Jesus at the well. What if Jacob hadn't dug a well? So see, when you dig a well, you ain't digging it just for you, my friend. You're digging wells for grandchildren and great-grandchildren. You're digging wells for everybody you witness to, everybody that you mentor, everybody that you try to disciple. you digging wells. Come drink of my well. Oh, come on. My well's got plenty of water. Right here is where I learned how to live for God. Right here is where I learned how to touch God. Right here is where we got victory. Right here is where we learn how to dig a well of worship. Right here Here's where I learn how to dig a well of giving. Right here's where I learn how to dig a well of sanctification. Right here's where I learn how to dig a well of faithfulness. Right here, and they learn how to dig those wells. I want to open these altars tonight, but don't come yet. I hate I don't have 10 or 12 shovels. That's what I wanted, but I'll have them next week. Anybody here tonight?
I'm going to give adults first choice. Then they can pass it on to a young person that needs it. And listen to me. I'm not just trying to get people to run up here and grab a, grab a shovel. But I just feel every eye, by, every eye closed, every head bowed. I just feel an unction of the Holy Ghost tonight. Is anybody hungry? Anybody say, you know what? I want to go dig, re-dig those wells, my granddaddy. Aniston, come here just a minute, baby. You see, y- y'all just give me time. And, and I can only tell my story. I can't tell your story. You know, Brother Tony, come here just a minute. It's all right. I'm telling you, the importance of digging wells is more than you realize. Come on up here. But Tony and I meet once a week, and we have Bible study, discussion, fellowship, mentoring, discipleship, all those good things. We have a good time, don't we? But every time I can recall, Brother Tony's been in my office, maybe not, maybe once, that he didn't bring up Aniston. Tell me what you said about what it does to you. just fills me up inside. I mean, to see the joy she gets from celebrating for God and just the way she just loves God. And I just want to love God the same way. He said, I want that joy. I'm not trying to spotlight Anderson. I'm, not, I'm going somewhere. But it was back in the late 40s, early 50s. There was an old Irish drunk sharecropper. Had nine children. Sharecroppers didn't make much money at all. Mostly just a way to survive. My grandmother found him drunk many nights in ditches and everywhere else hard. They had it hard. They had a little meeting in a house about two miles from their house and it was just a circuit rider preacher named Brother Johnny McGee out of Louisiana there was one other lady Rosie Crawford and my granddad went down to that meeting or they were the two first two got the Holy Ghost my granddad came home that night he come in the front door of that old shotgun house shouting and talking in tongues. When my granddaddy shouted, he, he hit the back of his ears. My granddaddy would go down the road and go to shouting while he was driving. And my grandmother would panic. He'd run off the road. I'm telling you. But my granddaddy came in that front door Shouting, talking in tongues, and didn't stop. He went all the way out the back door, shouting, talking in tongues. And my grandmother thought he got a hold of bad moonshine. Seriously, our teeth done lost his mind. The only thing is, he finally came back and he was sober, and he never drank again. And him and three men, Virgil, well, actually, Brother John Sermon, Brother Eunice Sullivan, Brother Virgil Westman, and my grandpa never sat with their wives. They sat on the front left looking toward the pulpit. And they had Sammy, Holy Ghost, shout downs, ever service their body. They shouted and they danced, and somebody would have thought, wow, they just trying to show out. No, you don't know where God brought him from. You don't know where he was and how he was ruining his family, how he wasn't giving them a life and hope. But there was somewhere he came in contact with this. And then I got to quit. My granddaddy pretty much raised me till he died. I was 12 years old. But I watched him. I never heard him say a cuss word. I never heard him say a slang word. He put that in me. Some of these words I hear some folks say in the church, I cringe. Because I was taught you didn't say that. He put it in me. But I watched him pray. I watched my granddaddy shout. I've been going to the cell barn with him. And he'd shout going down the road. And I'd be, oh my Lord, have mercy. We're going to wreck. And my granddaddy didn't wait for church to have a shout down. He'd have a shout down in the cotton patch. 
Come on, somebody. And my, my, my daddy never lived for, well, lived for God for a short period. I won't get into all that. Then my mama came in contact with it. And my mama got the Holy Ghost. She said, one thing I'll never do, if I might get that Holy Ghost, but I'll never roll on the floor. She got the Holy Ghost, and guess what she did? But my mama lived for God. And then I was 29 when I got the Holy Ghost. A drug addict, a drug dealer, and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I thank God that I remember a granddaddy that knew how to dig a well. I thank God that I had a mama that when we didn't have the money, when my daddy walked out on us, when we barely could survive, I thank God for a mama that knew how to dig wells. And when I thought of Brother Tony talking about Anderson, I'm proud. I'm a grandfather. Come on, somebody. But that's not what I thought about. I thought about my old granddaddy. That night he prayed through to the whole Holy Ghost and he learned how to dig wells. I said he knew how to dig wells. I thought thank God for a granddaddy that learned how to dig wells because my grandchildren today will learn how to dig wells. Thank you Brother Tony. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm talking about Digging wells, redigging some old wells that's become clogged. And I'm not talking about just. Brother Lee, you made a comment the other day, said about what God did here Wednesday night, and I appreciate what you said. Now for the doing. It's one thing to have a good service, hear a good word from the Lord, but it's what we do, it's what we follow through with. We have a lot of thoughts and a lot of desires, but what are we going to follow through with? I'm preaching to somebody tonight that's making up their mind. I'm getting back. I'm going to go dig some wells. My daddy, I'm going to open up some wells that I've allowed to clog up that my granddaddy dug or my grandma dug or my mama dug. They dug them and I'm supposed to be drinking from them. I'm supposed to be having lifeline. They dug those wells and as long as they were alive, they never got clogged up. But here I am today. I should have kept them open, but I've let them get clogged up. But tonight, I'm going to go and I'm going to unclog those wells. Oh, is there anybody ever preached this message in vain? Is there anybody? Is there anybody that's feeling God pull on your heart to go dig, re dig wells? Come on.